Hey friends, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Connie, and I'm so glad you're here. You are now joining me in Season 3 of the Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things podcast. Hey friends, welcome to the Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things podcast. podcast that's not about growing marijuana or gardening, but is about living in radical faith and full submission to God. I'm sure glad you're here. The Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things podcast is hosted by me, Connie Lawson, and airs Mondays and Fridays on your favorite podcasting platform. Be sure to check me out on social media, both Instagram and Facebook at Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things. You can also go to our website at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com to leave your prayer requests or a comment and to read our blog whenever I write one which is not very frequently, because speaking is my jam, not writing. Anyway, I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this show started. Season three is going to be all about persevering and taking heart. We're going to be discussing all manner of topics that are surrounding the idea of continuing on, persevering, having courage, fanning the flame, taking hold of God's peace, and being comforted. We're going to talk about seasons of hard work, bearing fruit, and what it looks like to have discipline and endurance. I'm going to start off today's episode by picking up where I left off, and I'm going to reread the core verses that are going to be the foundation for season three, and then I'm going to share a personal story with you that I feel like will tie in super well. If you missed the last episode intro to season three, I would highly recommend that you go listen to it. It's a really great episode and it will kind of give you the platform for where we're going to be going in season three and the heart behind it. So I want to start by reading this verse, Romans 5 verses 3 and 5. Moreover, let us also be full of joy. Let us exult and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings knowing that the pressure and affliction and hardship we face produces patience and unswerving endurance. Such hope never disappoints us. It never deludes us. And it never shames us. For God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Next verse I'm going to read is Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that was set before us, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. And our last verse for season three is Matthew 24, 13. But he who endures to the end will be saved. So this whole theme of persevering, perseverance, uh, enduring, endurance, those words are used frequently in scripture and they're interchangeable. It means to persist, to continue on in spite of counter-influences, oppositions, discouragements, And it flat out means to carry on. So essentially putting one foot in front of the other. This is the definition written out from Merriam-Webster's dictionary. 
And then it also says that endurance or persevering is an influence that opposes another influence. And that really stood out to me because I think of, as a believer, I definitely have two opposing influences in my life on a regular basis, generalized. I have my sin nature and I have the new nature that I've been given through salvation in Jesus Christ. And they are constantly at war. And if you break those down, there are many other subdivisions of, of influences that oppose other influences. But the, the whole purpose and heart behind persevering is no matter what counter-influences we face, opposition we face, discouragement we face, we persistently carry on. And what are we carrying on? We're carrying on our hope in the Lord, the work that he's called us to, the battling against sin, the battling against our flesh, the battling to continue to seek Jesus when we feel like giving up, having hope, having trust, having faith, all of those things that are holy and good and promote a righteous life that is honoring to God. That is what we want to become super disciplined in, not legalistic, but disciplined. Disciplined implies that it has importance in our life. Anyone that's ever lost weight, ever gotten shape, ever mastered a skill, it takes discipline. Really, <laughs> it's kind of a sick sort of discipline when we um, encourage laziness in our lives. Even that takes a learned sense of um, becoming okay with it, having that be the pursuit. So anytime that we go after something with intentionality, with uh, purpose, with a drive, that is a sense of discipline and perseverance. We can't get anywhere without continuing to put one foot in front of the other. So this whole season is going to be wrapped around this idea of helping us to just continue to put one foot in front of the other. Not always focusing on necessarily making great big strides. Sometimes we're just going to be holding steady. That's part of persevering too. Persevering is not perfection. Persevering is not constantly making huge, dramatic, giant, life-changing steps. Sometimes it is. But sometimes persevering is just staying afloat. Sometimes persevering looks like resting. Sometimes persevering looks like being still. So it takes on different shapes because the walk that we're called to live and to go on, the journey that Christ has called each of us to individually is different and there are seasons. And perseverance isn't a one-size-fits-all, get out there and hammer it boot camp. It can be. But sometimes, like I said, it looks like resting, being peaceful, um, being quiet, whatever. So it's just going to be addressing how can we do this? How can we find strength to continue on to what God has called us to? And although it looks different, the principles are the same. And although our journeys are different, the God that we serve is the same. And I hope that if you are not a believer, that this will prompt you to think deeply about your stand on uh, Christianity and Jesus and God and all of those things, and that you will really dive deep and do some soul searching and some wrestling and come to the realization that you need Jesus. 
So the story I want to tell you here briefly is when I was growing up, we moved, we moved from Illinois when I was six years old, and we moved down here uh, to Oklahoma. And I remember we were extremely poor at that time. Uh, it's a lot more money uh, would go a lot further back in the in the nineties, but uh, we were a family of four. And we were living on one salary, my, my dad's salary at the time, and he made around 19000 a year. And we moved here and we had, we bought a, a house, well, my parents did, and it was, it was in shambles. It was terrible. The woman that had the house before us had numerous cats, more than were allowed in the city limits. And, and there was just, um, the, the carpets were seeped through with cat urine and it was just, it was just stuffy and it was yucky anyway so over the course of many years my mom and dad with blood sweat and tears redid this little house that they bought and I remember one summer my mom it was either spring or summer my mom planted out in the front yard she has always loved nature of all types she's instilled in me a love of nature it doesn't run as deep as hers does but she, oh my gosh, she just loves everything from trees to planets to, um, you know, the moons that come out and watching bats and just everything. She just loves nature. And so she loves trees. And she planted two sycamore trees out in our front yard. And she planted them as little tiny saplings. And I remember that she would take me, I'm not sure if my sister was there at the time, she probably was, but she would take me out there periodically and, and we would look at the trees and we'd water the trees and we'd tend to the trees and, and whatnot. And she would tell me about how big that tree was going to get. And she gave the tree that was closer to the road to me and that was supposedly kind of my tree. And the tree that was closer to the house was my younger sister's tree. And I remember listening to my mom talk about how big that tree was going to get. And I remember thinking in my childlike brain, number one, I couldn't really fathom it. But when I tried to imagine how big the tree would get, it kind of seemed like it was almost too much for me to grasp. And I remember having a hard time picturing how big and towering that tree was going to get 10 and 12 and 15 years down the road. And when we planted both of those trees, we planted them as single saplings, meaning they had one little shoot sticking up out of the ground. It was about the size of a twig. It was very, very small. And I remember that my mom would tell me how towering that tree was going to get and how big and thick its trunk was going to get. And I remember year after year, as I grew up in that house, and I would go out in, this, in the summer and the spring, and I'd watch it in the fall periodically. It wasn't like I was just sitting staring at the tree, but it, it was on my mind um, as I lived my life. And I remember always being amazed at how slow the tree would grow. You know, like three years in, it was two and a half feet tall and whatever. It just took forever. And then all of a sudden, one summer, probably when I was entering around middle school, should have been entering around middle school, my sister's tree had a huge, um, just 
growth spurt. It just kind of shot up out of the ground and started growing, growing like crazy. Crazy in a slow way. But again, for a tree, fast. And I remember my tree started to struggle. And I remember my mom was concerned. Like she would literally get physically pained over trees that got broken in storms and whatnot. And I remember my mom was genuinely concerned one year that my tree looked like it wasn't going to make it. We hadn't had any storms. It just started to look sick. And all of a sudden, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't directly all of a sudden. It was kind of working to happen. But my tree started sprouting a second trunk. And over the next few years, as my sister's tree was a singular trunked tree, it continued to grow strong and get bigger and flourish. My tree that had somehow decided to grow two trunks was really struggling. And it was straggling behind the growth of my sister's tree and the strength of my sister's tree and the leaves were wilty. I just remember looking at it and it, it was kind of, as a child, I don't know that I understood what the word depressing meant, but it was just kind of a bleak thing. It kind of felt like the rest of my life did at that moment where if it's mine, it's going to be defective. But after a few years of struggling and my mom would pray over that tree, it made its way and it, it didn't, it didn't crumble. It didn't fall apart. It didn't die. It, it, it took a lot longer than my sister's tree, but eventually that tree that was planted that started with one trunk system, developed two trunk systems, it made it. And it's a very strong towering tree now with two massive trunks. I think this is important when we think about persevering because we think of persevering and we think of, when I think of persevering, I think of I am doing something to reach an end goal. And in a sense, we are. But in another sense, that is our whole life as a believer is to persevere, is to not look to get something physical and tangible that we can hold on to that's going to someday die away and hold no value and meaning anymore. The call for a believer's life is to persevere as it says in the verse in Hebrews 12, verse 2, it said, for the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of God. The point of persevering is that we know whose we are. We know where we're going. We know the call on our life is to be conformed into the image of God, to seek him with all our hearts and to further his kingdom. And that is our goal. And we wake up every day knowing that that's what we're going to do. And we don't waste a lot of time anymore with all of the, well, I don't feel like it. Well, I need to do this. We just get it firm in our minds. We belong to Jesus. And that's what we're going to persevere towards. Because when we do that, things really start to change in our lives. People will often say, 
well, I don't think that reading your Bible could make that big of a difference. I don't think that praying, you know, I just can't do it. It's too hard. Blah, 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 blah. The point is, you don't know because you haven't done it. It takes work. It takes effort, but it is valuable. And you can't say that it's not worth doing if you've never really fully devoted yourself to it. I want to tell you some facts about trees that have two trunks because it's important. My tree struggled because it started to develop another trunk. And when that happens, it structurally becomes weaker because the only trunks, uh, well, okay, let me read you this thing. Structurally multi-trunks tree, multi-trunked trees are weaker because of the trunks often lean away from one another. They grow the same. Okay, Adam, cut all that out. Three, two, one. So the thing about double trunk trees that's important to understand is that structurally they're weaker because now instead of having one trunk that can be strong and um, get all of the nutrients from the roots, there are two trunks being birthed out from this single trunk. And those two trunks and those trees often push away from each other, causing like a V-shape or a U-shape to be formed in the trunk system. And so structurally, they're weaker and they grow slower, a whole 30 to 50% slower than a single trunked tree. I'm reading this from a website online, uh, Heritage Tree Service. And so what we're seeing is that my tree decided to grow two trunks. And in doing that, it became structurally weaker. And that fits a lot with my life, with how I felt my life went. I felt like my life was weak and I was a broken person. And you know what? It took me a long time to catch up. I would say that I probably developed a whole 30 to 50% slower than the rest of the single trunk trees. But if that's you, if you identify more as being a double trunked tree that's kind of having a hard time and is unstable, well, there's hope for you because brokenness is something that is not scary to God. Brokenness is not something that he doesn't overcome. He can change you. He can provide you with hope. It says here on another website that a tree with multiple trunks or splits in the trunk can be unstable. The connective wood where the trunks come together may lose strength and be more likely to split with age or when storms occur. I so see a spiritual picture here of my own life when I think of how my tree decided to split off into two different trunks. Maybe that's you. Maybe you identify with that too. But the beautiful thing is, that tree, even though everyone else said that it was unstable, and the statistics show that it has a chance to break, a chance to topple over, a chance to get sickness, it's slow, it's less than, even though humanly speaking, all of that is true. We have God. 
And when we have God and when we choose to persevere, those are the two key things. We must have God and we must choose to persevere, to press on in spite of counter-influences, opposition, and discouragement. We must choose to carry on. Friend, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to think of your life. I want you to look at it and I want you to, to realize that no matter how broken how disfigured, how V-shaped and split off, and how many trunks you've got going. Maybe you've got 10 trunks and you're super unstable. You're not too unstable for God. You're not too unstable to learn to persevere. It's been said that the cracks in us allow for the light of Christ to shine more brightly. So I would even reckon to say that it's better to be a broken, many-trunked tree than it is to be one that is perfectly solid and needs none. Because Jesus didn't come to save those who are healthy and well. Because a person that is well doesn't need a physician. He came to save those that are lost. And know that they're sick. Be sure to tell your family and friends about the Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast. Reach out with any prayer requests or comments at the website at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com and find me on social media for fun updates, decor projects, and art at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next time.